This is Bloomberg Business Week from Bloomberg Radio. Hi, I'm Carol Masser. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business Week Extra. It's our weekly podcast bringing you a favorite interview that we had over the past week or so. And this week, it's with Movember CEO Michelle Terry. Movember, you know what it is. It's an annual event involving the growing of mustaches during the month of November. It's all about raising awareness of men's health issues such as prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and men's suicide. Well, as Michelle Terry told us, their mission, though, really is to make an impact more broadly on men's health. We caught up with Michelle she was in Melbourne, Australia. We here in Australia are lucky in so far. We're an island and we've got some pretty tight borders. So we've managed to uh, drive the uh, COVID virus down to quite low levels here. But uh, we've just uh, emerged from uh, the quite strict lockdown here in the state of Victoria. Uh, so we're, we're kind of emerging, blinking into the world now um, and uh, are very pleased to be out there and able to socialise in, in a very cautious way now. Yeah, very different from what we're seeing in certainly some of the the other parts of the world, and certainly in the Europe in Europe, excuse me, and the U.S. So, talk to us a little bit about your mission. I mean, I know people are. We often talk about it at Bloomberg. We've often gone to traders who are on the floor and and they're growing their mustache in honor of uh, Movember. But talk to us a little bit about how you guys have really broadened it out. Because when we think about health, we often think about physical health, but it means so much more than that. It also uh, is about our mental well-being. And that's something that has really come to the forefront uh, amid the pandemic. Yes, absolutely, Carol. Um, we're the leading global men's health charity. And, and as you started at the, at the top of the segment, we look at prostate cancer and testicular cancer, but also um, we're working very strongly in, in men's mental health um, and suicide prevention. And that's become ever more prevalent and ever more important in the times that we're going through um, at the moment. Um, and men um, really suffer uh, from mental health and they are 34, sorry, three, three quarters of the um, numbers of suicides are men. So this is a, a real significant problem we face as societies. And uh, so we're about trying to make sure that, that men um, are socially connected. Um, we work uh, in the uh, early prevention um, and intervention space uh, in particular. So we try and make sure that men and people surrounding men uh, work on their mental health by reaching out um, and trying to spot the signs when men are doing it tough. Well, and you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this and getting ready for our conversation, that especially with mental health, I think many would still argue that we are overall so behind as a society when it comes to dealing with mental health for men and women. But for men especially, is it fair to say, I'm curious in the research and the work that you guys are doing, that I think men can often have a hard time to admit that they can't handle stress and they can't manage it or that, you know, they're they're depressed or stressed out. I don't know if that's fair to make, but I'm just curious the findings that you guys have come across. Yeah, that's absolutely right. There's a lot of men who are out there who labour under the stereotype that it's not manly to talk about their problems, mm-hmm. um, uh, whether it's physical or indeed mental health. So we're trying to uh, challenge that stereotype, but also provide tools um, and tips for people who are trying to help men in their lives. So, for example, we have um, recently released a conversational tool called Movember Conversations, which you can find on, on movember.com. And what that is, is it's really trying to help the help giver. Um, and it provides a number of scenarios um, uh, that indicate difficult situations that men might be going through. For example, job insecurity or financial stress. And it provides almost like a choose-your-own-adventure series of questions that, that guide people as to how to open those conversations and, and really um, uh, 
take us get get to the nub of how to help men take action at that time. So we know that that opening up those conversations can be really really critical um, to unlocking conversations and saving lives. You know, you guys have, I mean, it's really pretty impressive, all of the work you've done. You've raised over a billion for men's health issues. And I do think about, um, you know, men's cancer specifically, you know, what kind of progress we have made in dealing with that? Yeah, look, we um, have funded um, a global community of of research, um, which is not only biomedical research, which is obviously looking into testing treatments. Mm-hmm. but also clinical quality registers, which are uh, trying to link up the scientific and, and clinical practitioner community around the world um, to see what's best practice, essentially. And you're right, you know, we're in a great situation now of ever-improving survival rates from prostate and testicular cancer, which is wonderful. We also do a lot of work on um, survivorship and quality of life, so um, digital health tools that help men engage who have um, suffered prostate and testicular cancer uh, as to how um, they can improve their physical and mental health um, as they pass through their cancer journey. You know, it's interesting, too, because I'm listening to what you're saying, and, and I think about, though, one of the other things that has come out because of COVID-19, and we've talked about it a lot on air, is just this whole idea that, you know, it's a reminder that not everybody has the same access to health care, um, whether it's a pandemic or just, you know, normally whether it's screening for various cancers. And I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that that's a big part of also the work that you're doing, that kind of getting to those inequities that are out there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, you know, we, we support um, trying to address inequities and trying to put funding to um, drive access to different health programs, whether that's physical health or mental health. And we've particularly done um, work in uh, the mental health space to try and improve access and, and to work deeply with communities who have been um, impacted not only by COVID but um, by many events of 2020. Um, and, for example, we recently held a, a BIPOC uh, Mental Health Week. I was just thinking back to kind of our conversation and what you said to me about three quarters of suicides are, are men. Men are more likely to die by suicide than women. Uh, and it is the bi- the biggest killer of men under the age of 44. I mean, those are striking, striking statistics. And I know you guys are doing a lot of work to kind of get that out there and, and show that there are, are things that, that you know, programs and, and initiatives to help people. I know you're also working, from what I understand, with Ken Burns on a project. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Uh, yes. Um, so there is um, a PBS initiative in, uh, around um, well-beings, and essentially it, it's creating um, a documentary series about um, men, men's mental health across the U.S. So we're a collaborator along with another collab- a number of um, prominent collaborators on that series, and the intention is clearly to um, shine a light on the issue and connect to the general population level to um, show how mental health is being played out amongst boys and men um, right across the United States. Yeah, it really plays into, you know, this whole idea of it just has to be a higher level or, or, or talked about more. And I feel like that's the same thing or similar in terms of what we saw in Minneapolis with George Floyd and so many other black Americans. You know, we've got to have these conversations to hopefully get to a better situation. Same thing with, with uh, mental wellness, mental illness when it comes to men. 
Yes, absolutely. We just did a, um, a similar program in New Zealand, um, mm-hmm. which was published um, called Man Enough, and it was on the prime TV station in New Zealand um, over the last two weeks. And the response that we've had from that has been absolutely striking. We were, um, had that documentary series and you know, it, its presenter on the front page again of the broadsheets in New Zealand, and it's really raised the quality of conversation there. And that, that's what we need to um, you know, destigmatise um, mental health and, and the fact that, that so many men struggle through mental health issues um, at some point of their lives um, and, and you know take it out from underneath the covers and help men get the help that they need. What about you know I think about the role of of corporate America or, or global corporations in understanding that too. I mean I think you know we have great companies to provide health care, but I think and I think there's been a lot of steps and progress in terms of also pri- providing mental health care. But I I do wonder about just like we need our leaders to talk about diversity and inclusion, they need to be talking about this as well, especially maybe, you know, among the, the corporate communities. Yeah, look, I think that's a great point, Carolyn. And pleasingly, um, I certainly have seen a, a number of the C-suite leaders that I'm connecting into at the moment. This has really raised up their agenda, and I think that's happened, um, one, because I think, think uh, people are starting to think much more broadly about how to engage with their communities and and indeed engage with their employees. But obviously with COVID as well, Mm -hmm. um, the idea of of social isolation and the mental health effects of that have really come onto the radar of, you know, the corporate world. Um, And, you know, we work a lot with corporates. Obviously, um, they're some of our our best fundraisers as people um, gather together and try and do something to, to raise the spirits of their employees, but also do good. Um, but we also work uh, with embedding skills and tools within corporate audiences uh, around the globe as well. So I'm really pleased to see this coming up to the top of the corporate agenda because I agree mm-hmm. um, it, it's a workplace mental health is a really, really important um, subject and also a really important and powerful channel. Yeah, no, totally, totally agree. Hey, listen, I'd be remiss not to ask you, um, and before we go, because we have a couple more minutes left here, is you are... Movember's first female CEO, and I wonder what that was like coming into it. Yeah, look, I, and I get asked about this a lot, and uh, people say, oh, you know, um, is, is that an advantage or a disadvantage? And I think it's a real advantage because um, when we think about um, you know, men's health, some of the, the biggest triggers for men to take action on their health are the women in their lives. <laughs> True. You know, as, as we, talk, we talked about... Um, you know, men sometimes, you know, tend to bury their head under the covers because they don't think it's manly to, to approach um, either physical or mental health. Um, and women are great at inviting conversations and in inviting men to, to look at that and um, also support them in, in that journey. So, um, you know, I found it a real pleasure and obviously I find it a privilege. I'm thrilled and humbled to be leading such a, you know, in, important mission and, and global movement to, you know, have men live longer, happier and healthier lives. Yeah, and listen, we talk about, right, diversity of thought <laughs> in terms of any organization. Um, so it's a good thing. Hey, listen, just a minute left here. And I do wonder, as a leadership leader of an organization, you know, what have you had to do, um, especially amid, you know, I don't know if you've got workers who are working from home. What's been some of the struggles here? And just got about a minute left. Yeah, look, we were very lucky because we're, mm. we're, we were well technology enabled and we're a global organization. So we're used to working virtually. So that stood up fairly seamlessly. I think we've, what we've been uh, cognizant is about our own employees' mental health and making yeah. sure that we check in on each other and um, drive social connections. And then I think on the flip side, um, you know, we've been able to lean in and um, 
pivot and, and get some of our mental health tools to market, which has made us really, really proud, like November Conversations and another one called Family Man that you can find on Movember.com. And then lastly, um, we're walking right in on November the 1st to the hairy season. Um, <laughs> so this is where we go in and we, we fundraise. And so we've been um, creating all of our products and making sure that they can be done virtually, whether that's growing a mo, that's um, hosting a moment virtually, um, whether that's also moving for Movember. So we encourage people to get out there and um, run, walk, cycle, or else do an epic challenge, which we're calling um, Mow Your Own Way, where, where right. you have people doing crazy things like skydiving in a mankini to raise <laughs> funds. And uh, to find out more and register, you can, you can go to uh, movember.com. And that was Movember CEO Michelle Terry joining us from Melbourne, Australia. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business Week Extra. Be sure to check out Bloomberg Business Week Radio, airing live Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Carol Masser, and this is Bloomberg. <laughs>